from the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB, VK4 Baker Baker. With the news for week commencing February 16 and a couple of unusual items this week, including live digital feedback from you, the listener. Those of us in VK around the mid-60s may remember this old radio jingle. Who listens to radio? Well, we'll find out just who listens to this radio when next we play that jingle here today. Now, another very strange sound is this one. Later, we'll divulge what and where that sound emanates from. Suffice now, though, to say that by all accounts, only three places in the world are you likely to hear this or similar. That's the USA, Japan and South Korea. And as far as digital feedback, well, those with D-Star or the like, if you'd like to hear operational news with Felix ahead of international with Jason this week, press 1 for operational news or 2 for international within the next 10 minutes. It will be tallied and we'll play what you voted for. All this and more right here on WIA National News. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au Now here's a far out story to kick us off this week. A team led by astronomers from the Australian National University has discovered the oldest known star in the universe, which was formed shortly after the Big Bang 13.7 billion years ago. It's now been confirmed using the Magellan Telescope in Chile. The composition of the newly discovered star shows it formed in the wake of a star which had a mass 60 times that of our Sun. The discovery has allowed astronomers for the first time to study the chemistry of the first stars, giving scientists a clearer idea of what the universe was like in its infancy. The star was discovered using the ANU SkyMapper telescope at the Siding Spring Observatory, which is searching for ancient stars as it conducts a five-year project to produce the first digital map of the southern sky. The Australian Communications and Media Authority, the ACMA, has investigated complaints of poor television reception in the Shoalhaven and Nowra areas of New South Wales' southeastern coast. The ACMA visited the Illawarra Knights Hill transmission site, found the most likely cause to be summertime tropospheric ducting. Distant television transmissions operating on the same channels from Newcastle more than 300 kilometres away have caused reception interference in Shoalhaven and Nara. Viewers in marginal coverage areas or those with inadequate antennas are more likely to be affected. Telecasters are now looking at options to improve coverage to give more reliable services from Night Hill. Hi, I'm Ralph Fedor, K-Zero Italy Radio, and you're listening to VK1WIA. WIA Board Talk and the Role of Promotion The Wireless Institute of Australia takes very seriously the need for appropriate publicity for modern amateur radio and its many benefits for the individual and the community. That's why it's announced the PR for Amateur Radio Expo to be held early April to enable clubs, organisations and groups to showcase what we have to offer. On this, the weekly WIA broadcast... Supplemented by the WIA website, Amateur Radio Magazine and direct emails to our affiliates, there have been frequent reminders about the Expo. 
The WIA believes everybody can tell others that the hobby does exist. After all, word-of-mouth publicity can be very effective. For six months, there's been a series of related topics issued on some of the elements of public relations as they can be applied to amateur radio. These included thinking about how to describe amateur radio, having the right speakers and representatives, a picture can tell the story, learning is the key to everything, and relationships with the growing do-it-yourself audience. The WIA has surveyed the clubs and organisations via email and found promotion of amateur radio is faced with a few barriers, but there have been some very worthwhile responses to consider. The WIA has announced that its PR for amateur radio is to be held through the clubs or groups during April 11, 12 and 13. Expo details and online registration are on the WIA website. With only 10 weeks to go, now can be the time to make the necessary preparations. This is Trent VK4TS. The 2014 annual conference will be held at the Aussie World Theme Park on the Sunshine Coast. The day will commence with the WIA GM followed by the Open Forum. After a break for lunch, the afternoon has speakers on topics such as promoting your club and EMR obligations. We then have a break, maybe a beer or two, before the evening function in the shed at Aussie World. Look forward to catching up with as many as possible. This has been VK4TS. Hey, it's only one week to go to the Wyong Field Day. Here's the final list of traders, exhibitors and seminars. Don't forget the big flea market, of course. The traders attending with the widest range of gear for you to buy are Andrews Communications, Radio Supply Limited, JCAR, Softmark, RF Solutions, Crotech Instruments, NBS Antennas, Oakley Electronics, and this year we are very proud to welcome back ICOM Australia. The exhibitors you'll find at Wyong are the Summits on the Air Association, the Historical Radio Society of Australia, the Australian Radio DX Club, Westlake's Amateur Radio Club, the WIA QSL Bureau, Hornsby and District Amateur Radio Club, Alara, Wyston, New South Wales, Nora Head Marine Rescue, AMSAT VK, ARNSW Homebrew and Experimenters Group, the Wireless Institute of Australia, and an exhibition of many things amateur television. Now on to the seminars. The seminars are held on the first floor of the main building and start at 9.15 with a lecture on summits on the air given by Andrew Davis, VK2UH, and Andrew Mosley, VK1NAM. At 10am we have a lecture from the, for the AWA Centenary entitled 100 Years of Military Radio Production, given by Ray Robinson. 11am sees all you need to know on electromagnetic compatibility from Brian Clark, VK2GCE. After the annual get-together of the VHF-UHF Weak Signal Operators Group at noon, David Berger, VK2CZ, completes the program at 1 o'clock with a lecture on gigantic Yagi antennas. As always, a little for everyone in the program. For the shortwave listeners, if you're still on the fence about taking the Foundation Licence class on Saturday the 22nd, let me give you a little push and say you won't regret taking the jump and getting properly into this great hobby of ours. 
Full details about the course and everything about the field day is on the club website at ccarc.org.au. Just click on the field day graphic on the main page. Hams across Australia, I'm Graham VK4BB and don't forget you hams across Australia with your digital sets. Don't forget, in the first 10 minutes of this show, to press 1 if you'd like to hear operational news first, or 2 for international news first, and do that in the first 10 minutes of the show. As we said, HAMS Across Australia and in VK2, it's an upgrade course. The 2014 upgrade course conducted by Amateur Radio New South Wales will commence next month, Monday evening, March 3. Between 7 and 9 it'll be held. While the course is intended for those already holding a foundation licence to upgrade to either standard or advanced, there's nothing stopping anybody without a licence from coming along. This allows one to gain knowledge to sit a foundation licence, become active in the hobby and continue to the higher grades. It's now time to start registering for your interest in the course and we ask listeners to pass on details to anybody that they know interested in doing the course. Now, there is an email address. As you know, we normally don't like giving out email addresses and URLs. It's much easier to go straight to wia.org.au and read them. But write this one down, education at arnsw.org.au. In VK4 news, it's ballooning VK4 style, and for this story, it's to Brendan and this story filed for Q News. In the early hours of the morning on Saturday the 1st of February, a group of amateurs from the Sunshine Coast loaded up their cars and headed west to Dolby. Preparations had been underway for several months in order to launch a high-altitude balloon loaded with radio telemetry equipment and a video camera. By 8am, the team was well established at the Dolby Sports Field. The payload was prepared and the balloon was filled with helium. Just after 8.30am, the project coordinator, Brendan VK4HIA, released the latex balloon with payload attached into the atmosphere above Dolby. The tracking system consisted of an Arduino transmitter sending RITI and APRS data as well as an FM Fox and a GPS tracker. Data received by ground crews both on-site and at home stations was uploaded to the website Space Near Us, allowing anyone with access to a web browser to monitor the progress of the flight in close to real time. After a period of monitoring and tracking, the crews stopped for a break. The tracking systems were checked again and found to be performing well. Soon after, the crews were back on the road again, monitoring the balloon and communicating via two-metre simplex. Suddenly, the data stopped showing a climb in altitude and instead showed a rapid descent. Ground crews scrambled to obtain suitable positions for recovery as the payload descended back to earth under parachute. As the air density became thicker, the descent slowed and the payload was identified as having landed in the state forest, not far from Condamine. Crews in the area deployed radio direction finding equipment and began a ground search on foot. The payload was located not long afterwards, with all equipment intact and still operating. After a long and eventful day, the team, who were now being called the Balloonatics by the locals, made their way back to Dolby for some rest and refreshment before driving home to the Sunshine Coast. Some spectacular footage was captured while the balloon was in flight. Some of this was put together and is available to view on YouTube. Just search for VK4HIA. The team met again on the weekend and are already planning bigger and better things, so stay tuned. For the Balloon of Ticks, this has been Brendan, VK4 Mike Alpha Charlie. 
From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. What use is an F-call? Being an amateur is an exciting thing. It entertains and educates you, exposes you to new people and social experiences, it keeps you off the streets, and all in all, it's a great hobby. It's been around for over a century and continues to evolve. The Foundation Licence, as I understand it, was created to stimulate the growth of amateur radio population. This seems to be a recurring theme. Introduction of the Novice Licence, Restricted Licence and other variations in the past were created with similar aim. There are some amateurs today who feel that the Foundation Licence is too easy and lowers the bar too much. And while I don't agree, I do understand the sentiment. The continued simplification of the licence in any of their guises is a dead-end street. The only final item on the path is to make amateur radio an unlicensed activity. And note that I'm not advocating this. Getting new amateurs into the hobby is an ongoing challenge. Our average age is increasing and our collective experience, while it's increasing as well, does not appear to make the awareness of amateur radio in the wider community any greater. We have a stigma that we're old, crusty men who sit behind a radio listening to hiss and making funny noises with morse keys, while using a strange language, mostly including the letter Q. Of course, for some of us, this is true. Fortunately, it's not true for all of us. At meetings where amateurs get together, a recurring topic is how to stimulate growth in our pursuits. Some have suggested that we need to go to schools. Others propose going to scouts or to young adults with a disposable income. There have been suggestions to promote amateur radio as a sport, the pursuit of competition, the making of league tables, teams and weekly events. All of these things are possible. Some of them might even work. But fundamentally, unless we become visible in the public eye, we don't exist in the mind of the general public. What activities have you undertaken to share your passion for amateur radio and to make it visible to the world? I'm on Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. Who listens to radio? VK, when JR? VK, 4 h Victor Kilo 3, Tango Echo X-Ray. VK, 3, Papa X-Ray, Juliet. VK, 4, Yankee Charlie, thanks for the news. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK, 4 fuq Dateline 2014. WIA, John Moyle Field Day, Weekend, March 15 and 16. WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3 1010 International Summer Contest August 2 and 3 WIA Remembrance Day the RD Contest August 16 and 17 Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest September Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week 9 days from September 28 AM NCW on Anzac Day 25th of April 2014 and annually. This is an amateur radio salute to those who served. This event is a way we, as radio amateurs, can recognise those who served by using the radio modes used in World War One and Two, plus Malaya, Korea, Vietnam, and whilst experiencing the particular difficulties of those modes of the day. It's simply a case of changing over to the old modes for nets on that day. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. New Mildura Beacon now on air. After delays caused by heatwave conditions and antenna tuning, the new 630 metre band Beacon is now operating at Mildura in Victoria's northwest, at the crossroads of Melbourne, Adelaide and Sydney. The project, the work of Noel Ferguson, VK3FI, 
is a 473 kHz beacon based on the Drew Diamond VK3 XU circuit with changes made mainly for available components. What a job! But it now radiates from an L antenna against the mast plus 7 radials with some 27 Hz stakes. The beacon on a part-time basis when VK3FI is present. Currently about 2200 hours Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Reception reports will be appreciated. VK3FI at wia.org.au This is Felix VK4FUQ and as I leave you from Ingham this week is a look at wireless weather and it seems Peter Ellis VK1PE has been reading scientific papers again. This time about geomagnetic radiation and a new tool for predicting changes in space weather and propagation for we amateurs. Several weeks ago I found an academic paper by an Australian author that got me thinking about the sun's cycles of electromagnetic activity. It gelled with another paper I'd read about the two Voyager spacecraft's readings showing structure and variation in the solar activity near the boundary with interstellar space. Dr Ian Edmonds of Brisbane had a paper published in ArcSiv, Association of a Planetary Tidal Effect with the Time Variation of the 13.5-Day Component of Geomagnetic Activity, and it's expected to be published in the Journal of Atmospheric and Solar Terrestrial Physics. The premise of the paper is that the effect of the orbits of Mercury, the closest planet, and Jupiter, the most massive planet, can be seen in the rhythm of electromagnetic activity from the Sun, including a roughly 90-day cycle of the Earth's geomagnetic variation. Roughly 90 days? What's the orbital period of Mercury? 88 days. And this cycle can be retrospectively shown to predict the wolf or sunspot number and the AA index back through many of the 11-year solar cycles. The AA index is the geomagnetic index derived from the mean of values measured in Australia and the UK. It's been measured since 1868. And the systematic recording of wolf numbers, or sunspot sequence, started in 1848, although some sketchy data goes back to 1750. Ian Edmonds confirmed to me by phone what I suspected from reading the paper, that including other planets in the equations would have become excessively complex, but that an underlying cycle in the data meant that the massive planet Jupiter's effect was discernible and could be readily included in the predictions. Edmonds also points out that variations in solar wind speed and other variables does not correlate with the sunspot cycle. The bottom line, here is a method for predicting geomagnetic activity that amateurs and professionals in space weather need to consider. For National Radio News, I'm Peter, VK1PE. With International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. AMSAT FunCube dashboard updated. The AMSAT FunCube developers have announced that version 8.20 of the FunCube dashboard software can now be downloaded. Also announced was that there have been a few changes made to the way the fitter messages are handled or displayed on the data warehouse. Send your name to the asteroid Bennu. NASA is inviting people from around the world to submit their names to be etched on a microchip aboard a spacecraft headed to the asteroid Bennu in 2016. The messages to Bennu microchip will travel to the asteroid aboard the Origin Spectral Interpretation Resource Identification Security Regolith Explorer or OSIRIS-REx spacecraft. The robotic mission will spend more than two years at the asteroid, which has a width of approximately 500 metres. The spacecraft will collect a sample of Bennu's surface and return it to Earth in a return capsule. 
The deadline to submit names online is September 30, 2014. Participants who submit their names to the Messages to Bennu campaign will be able to print a certificate of appreciation to document their involvement. Pirate Radio Pirate FM transmitters have hit the airwaves in pockets across Syria. Radio Watan is but one of more than a dozen opposition radio stations that have sprung up since the start of the revolt against the Syrian president Bashar al-Assad. The stations are run by young civilian activists who played an important role early in the uprising but have since been targeted by government forces for airing music and women's voices. The opposition radio stations are the most recent arrival on Syria's combative news media scene where parties on both sides try to shape perceptions of a conflict that is conducted largely out of the public eye because the violence and government restrictions severely limit journalistic access. It is much cheaper than TV and more accessible to the public because the listener doesn't have to have electricity to listen to you, said Obay Sakar, the director of Radio Al Cool. Just a small radio with two batteries and you're on. The outlets range from small operations with a single transmitter that covers one town to networks that broadcast in different provinces. From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. Trevor Cox has heard it all. He's a professor of acoustic engineering at the University of Salford in England and he delights in discovering unusual noises. He's also author of the sound book, the Science of the Sonic Wonders of the World, which describes some of what he's found. National Public Radio in the USA recently interviewed Trevor and he told of several strange occurrences. One is here in Australia. It's our Whispering Wall, which is in fact the retaining wall of the Barossa Reservoir. Built between 1899 and 1903, the dam was a revolutionary engineering feat for its day and attracted attention from all over the world even making its way into the pages of the journal Scientific American. But what draws visitors to the Whispering Wall is its unique acoustic effects. Words whispered at one side can be clearly heard at the other more than 100 metres away. Children in particular love visiting the wall and testing its availabilities. To visit the Whispering Wall, travel to Williamstown in the Barossa Valley and follow the signpost from the main street. And top of Trevor's sound list, one noise absolutely remarkable... The Musical Road. I guess the one that gives me the biggest smile was probably The Musical Road in California, he said, which plays the William Tell Overture rather badly as you drive over it. Gave me quite a laugh. When you drive down the highway, often there's a rumble strip down the side which stops you driving off. You know, if you were to veer off the highway, you'd make a buzzing sound and wake up. Well, a musical road takes that a step further by changing the spacing of the corrugations so that you get a tune out of it. So sometimes the corrugations are close together, you get a high frequency. Sometimes, far apart, a low frequency. And the musical road in Lancaster in California is all these ridges spaced out on the second lane and it actually will play the entire first phrase from the theme, The Lone Ranger. This is May, VK4OMH. The Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club is looking forward to hosting the 2014 Annual Conference. 
We hope to see you here. Alrighty, those listening last week, we ran out of time and we couldn't bring you Media Watch. So as promised, we'll have Media Watch. We'll also have a look at the Q News Workbench. If time, we'll have a look at Special Interest Group News. And of course, right now, it's Intruder Watch and Ofcom Bulldog gets a fix on a French station. The Bulldog monitoring station in the UK has got a fix on a possible French military station that's been causing interference on 7.166. The IARU monitoring system newsletter reported a French station had been making long CW transmissions of five letter groups on 7.166 kHz. The direction finding facility at Ofcom's Bulldog monitoring station has been used finally to get a fix on the station. The Q News Workbench, an affordable tip and very interesting. It might just improve the performance of those small handheld radios. And video on adding a counterpoise antenna wire to an HT is available. Now, VU hams claim it will noticeably improve both transmit and receive by making a quarter-wave monopile into a makeshift dipole antenna system. Per his instructions on YouTube, you basically add a short wire to the antenna's outer ground connection or to an equivalent case screw that's electrically connected to the antenna's ground side. Apparently this can be referred to as a target tail, and sort of does make it look like a rig has a tail. If you'd like to construct a counterpoise antenna wire, I'd be looking at about 11.5 inches for VHF, 6.5 for UHF, and almost 28 inches for an OK-performing okay dual-band VHF-UHF radio. But go and have a look on YouTube. Media Watch and... HF Broadcast, return to the VK3BWIA network. This broadcast of news and information from VK1WIA at 10.30am and 8pm each Sunday by Amateur Radio Victoria has now restored its HF outlets on 80 metres, 40 metres and 30 metres. Land to the northwest of Melbourne, previously used for the HF transmissions, was lost while at about the same time the former VK3BWI hut in Waverley became a new educational facility. While reliable VHF and UHF repeaters were quickly relocated to Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, the Waverley site owner was very keen on keeping the good long-standing relationship. A new area was found and with government funding of around $100,000 it was able to be re-established. The work was done with the help of St John Ambulance and Weiss in Victoria. So VK1WIA can now be heard also on... 3.615, 7.158 and 10.130 from the VK3BWI network. The ARRL has released a preview of its new 100th anniversary video aptly titled The ARRL at 100, A Century of Amateur Radio. Running just 25 minutes, the show was written by former ARRL PR manager Alan Pitts, W1AGP. It's hosted by QST Magazine's managing editor, Becky Skernfield, W1BXY. The storyline itself is simple. It plays out as a timeline in the history of the league from its earliest days right up to the present. And from the ARRL, it's across to the UK where a new television show all about ham radio is available online. It's called Transmission Factor. The free-to-view program can be seen via www.txfactor.co.uk. Well worth a look. Special interest group news as we come towards the end of WIA national news for this week and Rotary International aims to end polio by 2018. Special call signs and general on-air activity on February 22 and 23 is to be generated as Rotary International reminds us of its campaign to rid the world of polio. Now this started way back in 1978, the idea to end polio. Rotary had a committee appointed by Rotary International President Clem Renouf 
from Nambour on VK4's sunny coast, and that's where the WIA AGM will be held this year. Now, Clem had this great idea, a new direction for Rotary. It was called the Health, Hunger and Humanity Committee. The direction was to undertake projects far greater than any club could do on its own. Now, one proposal came from the Philippines. A Dr Benny Santos wrote that if Rotary could provide the vaccine, they'll mobilise all the Rotarians in the entire Philippines and immunise all the children against polio. It was a huge success, and now in 2014, there's only four countries left in the world with a tad of polio existing. A lot more on this very interesting uh, subject is in the text editions. But the main thing is to be listening out for the VI polio stations, the 22nd and the 23rd. Now in SOTA news, here in VK, SOTA will be seen at our loftiest field day, Wyong. If you're going to the Wyong field day, you'll be able to attend a presentation about SOTA at 9.15am and afterwards come and chat with some experienced SOTA activators and chasers at our exhibit. We will provide information about the expanding world of SOTA and explain why it is such a popular and successful operating program. SOTA is an amateur radio award program based on making contacts from specific summits or making contacts with stations on those summits. Activators on summits need to have carried their entire station up to the summit, so low power, QRP, and simple antenna systems are usually used. We will also have a dinner on Saturday the 22nd of February to which SOTA fans are invited. It will be an opportunity to meet other SOTA operators and enjoy a chat. The location and time of the dinner will be announced on the SOTA Australia mailing list. Well that takes us to the end of WIA National News for another week for the week commencing February 16, 2014. We'll do it all again next week. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.